With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, world. And uh, I, I love to say that because we're connected to England right now. And it's uh, we had a holiday, Memorial Day yesterday here in Boston. Uh, it's the 26th, I can't believe it, of May 2015. And Tony Davis is back. Tony, how are you? Hi. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, and we just uh, talked a little bit. You're just getting over the flu that kind of ran through our neck of the woods and I guess ended up over there. But yeah, you sound yeah, pretty good. Was, it was awful, but um, getting through it, getting through it. Great. Yeah. Well, boy, I had fun putting um, not only the last poster together for this for this show with um, uh, Sergeant, uh, what, uh, Sergeant uh, Riley, correct? Yep. Yeah, and today no. we're going to talk about, uh, well, tell us, introduce your character. Well, uh, the character is um, he's called Sergeant Godley, and, and Godley was um, second in command, really, to a guy called Frederick Abeline, who's in charge of the um, Jack the Ripper inquiry in London in the 1888. And um, so he's my character. He, he goes into schools um, talking about crime and punishment, what it was like in Victorian Britain, um, you know, 130 years ago, and how crime and punishment has developed, in particular with regard to our very famous murderer of Jack the Ripper. Yeah, so that's I, how he developed. You know, I think uh, it, it, in a bizarre way, there's kind of a <laughs> I don't even know if I'm the word, I can get the words out. Kind of a romantic notion about Jack the Ripper. Um, you know this. Uh, you know Victorian times. You, you and I were just talking about the fog, the setting. Um, you know the victimization, all of this. I mean, do you, yeah, you want to talk a little bit about that? We've romanticized him quite a lot. We've romanticized him um, immensely, and you know, over the years, he's films. He, even you know, Johnny Depp has been in films about him, and, and so he, he he's entered certainly the British psyche quite a bit, and. Um, we we have you know touch with America that, that one of the suspects um, is American, so you know whether he went back over there and continued his uh, his wrongdoings in America, that's one of the theories that um, that was brought forward. But uh, looking at London in in 1888, um, particularly Whitechapel, which was the the East End of London, um, was a pretty dire place to live. Um, it, it was really bad. I mean, it was overcrowded. Um, there'd been a lot of influx of people from the Eastern Europe uh, escaping the, the, the vicious pogroms that were going over in Eastern Europe. A lot of um, Jewish people came into, they estimate 40,000 Jewish people came into that area. Just that small area of London became a, a, a den of vice and um, not a very nice place at all. Um, very overcrowded and um, completely crime-ridden. So that, that's wow. what we—that's where we we go today to to look at for Jack the Ripper. And um, 
you know, again, being because of the romanticized part in the movies and all of that, you know, we do really don't, I, at least I don't, don't much of the details that you just told me a little bit earlier, but, um, you know, he, uh, you know, I, di- I didn't know that they never caught him. Nope. No, we, we well, no, we we don't know who he is. Um, where we say he, there are some, some um, edge of thought to say it might have been a woman um, that, that did this, but... When you again, we go back to to Whitechapel of the 1880s, um, crime-ridden, overcrowded, filthy, disease-ridden place, um, part of London. Um, they were estimated that there were 20,000 plus prostitutes just in that one area of London. Um, wow! So there was no um, there was no work or very little work. Um, people were. Um, in a pretty bad way. I mean, just just one one example of that is that just one street, it was called Flower and Dean Street, which still survives today. Um, there was of the 120 rooms in that street, the census showed 750 people living there. Oy. So if you're looking at that, six people per room, Oy. and it it, it costs fourpence. Um, to have a DOS for a night, which was asleep for a night, it cost fourpence. And also, uh, ironically, fourpence was roughly the cost of a glass of gin. <laughs> so these, these ladies um, went out, and fourpence was the, the cost of um, their services. Interesting. So everything Interesting. kind of related around four pennies. Uh, four pennies in the old money, not, not today. Um, right. So you're looking at um, they would get their fourpence and make a choice: did they go and sleep for the night or did they go and get some gin? Um, usually the gin won, and um, so they would go and, and into the the local public houses and, and down some gin. So so in that area, crime wasn't unusual. Murder was not unusual in that area. Um, even before um, we get into Jack, there were several attacks on women, um, several knife attacks on women in the early 1888s. So it, it, it really wasn't that unusual um, until um, then there was an attack on a lady called Martha Tabram, um, and she was a prostitute. And on the 7th of August, 1888, um, her body was found... Um, in a la- on a landing outside a house in um, St George's Yard, George's Yard in in London, and she'd been um, murdered. Uh, throat was was cut, um, but earlier that that evening she'd been drinking with two soldiers, and and I love it because they the the people don't really use their their real names either, so that made. The investigation a bit difficult for the police. She she was with a, another prostitute called Pearly Paul, which I just love the name. And <laughs> they'd been out with with these soldiers, and um, and then the next morning, um, poor old Martha was found murdered. But Pearly Paul um, wasn't very helpful towards the police. Really, she she went to um, identity parades and couldn't pick people out and and stuff like that. So it really. <coughs> But it was a frenzied attack on poor Martha. I mean, she had 39 stab wounds to Oof. her body. Um, so that was... They, they, there is debate whether she was the first um, of, of the Ripper um, murders. Um, but, you know, everything is debatable. There, there is no hard and fast 
really rules with, with, with this with this at all. But at the end of the month, um, the, the first that they really think was the Ripper um, murder was was put on uh, Mary Ann Ke- uh, Nichols, known as Polly. And again, she was a prostitute, and so she was found in a place called Bucks Row, um, which was a, a long street in in um, in Whitechapel. She was actually on the pavement, on the sidewalk. Um, she needed, again, she'd, she'd gone to the house, but she didn't have her fourpence for the DOS. Um, so she went out and she she got a new hat, and and it's just amazing. She, I'll soon get my DOS money, she said. See what a jolly bonnet I've got. And off she trotted out into the night. That was around about one o'clock in the morning. And um, shortly afterwards, she was found murdered in, in, in Bucks Row. That, we think, is, is down to the kind of the first murder that, that is put down to um, to Jack. Um, wow. What was the total number, of, total number of murders? Well, five, six, that's... The five definitely that they say, six possibly, and sometimes eight. <laughs> it depends on who you speak to. Yeah. Um, some people say that Martha Tabor, and the, the first one I mentioned there, was. Some say it wasn't. Um, so there's there's all sorts of sort of anomalies with it. So yeah, we, we know that the, we put five down as definites, and 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 certainly some others were possibles. But with any, with you see, with any sort of um, mass killer, the, the frenzy builds up. And, yep. and this is what you see in in these in these murders, um, you know, the, the the ferocity of the of the attacks slowly build up. Um, so you you have um, poor old Polly um, murdered in the street, found by a police officer. And in those days, there in London was split into beats for police officers. So his beat would be 15 minutes. He would pass a particular point roughly 15 minutes every 15 minutes throughout the night. Um, and he would meet other police officers, and their beats would wouldn't sort of touch onto each other's, so the whole area would be covered by by police officers. So if you think about that, he has he's got a window of 15 minutes wow. in which to do his deed and get wow. away. Wow. So, they, so you know he he was pretty quick when you come to Pony Nichols. Um, then a few days later. Um, uh, a lady called Annie Chapman, um, again another prostitute, um, on the 8th of September, 88. Now she was found in the backyard of, of a house at, uh, in Hanbury Street. In, in um, again, all this happens within probably a square mile of of, of the west, uh, the east end of London. Um, so she's found in the backyard, um, having been murdered. But the, the strange thing there is at 5:20 that morning. A guy comes out of number 27 and hears a noise on the other side of the fence and a lady saying no. I mean, he's quite used to them probably using that area for whatever it is that they were doing and um, took no notice, really. And at 6 a.m., poor old Annie was found murdered the other side of the fence. So did he he hear the murder? If he'd have looked over, would he have seen Jack the Ripper? We don't know, but it's, it's... it's fun to sort of romanticise and think, God, if he'd have just looked over that um Yeah, right, that the fence, near misses. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the same goes through. I mean, he's, 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 he was pretty lucky most of the time um, with, with, with Jack because um, 
you know the kind of next one uh, if you, if you see the um the the film with with Johnny Depp and a bunch of grapes plays a part in 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 the the actual film um well Liz Stride Elizabeth Stride along Liz she was called is the next victim and um she was born in Sweden and came over to to the UK she was a prostitute and this is the night of what they call the double event and um, he was found in a place called Duckfield's Yard, which is a, like a place where the, a guy stored his um, his horse and carriage. And um, a guy called Dimshutz was, was bringing his carriage home. He'd been working, he'd been selling cheap jewellery at the market, and he was coming home and he, about one o'clock. He turns his horse and cart into this very narrow little entrance into a yard, and his horse shies. And he looks down and he sees something on the side, now, this is very strange because right outside is a club, um, a working man's club, right next to where it is. So it's quite a well-lit area, but towards the back is a bit dark. And he sees this thing, and he runs into the club to get help, comes out, and, and, and they find Liz Stride. But she's only been... Um, she's, she's had a throat, but there's been no other injuries other than her throat has been slashed. What we think is that uh, he was, again, disturbed by by Dimshutz coming coming in. And the horse shying away wasn't really shying away. My my thought is the horse wasn't really shying away from the body lying on the ground. The horse had shied away from the fact that there was somebody hidden in the darkness. Right, right. And it shied when Dimshutz has gone into the thing, old Jack has gone. Um so we we kind of again almost caught him. But, Interesting. again, he, he, he's mingled with the crowd and gone. But he's been disturbed now. So he's now on his way. He hasn't satisfied that, that lust that, uh, for, for, for violence that, that's built up in him. So off he goes. And, and he then goes to um, into... If you think about London, it's covered by two different police forces, believe it or not. The, the Metropolitan Police, the, the large Metropolitan Police covers the outskirts, but the actual one square mile in the middle of London is actually policed by the City of London Police. So it's a different uh, police force. Right. So, and it still is today. And, and so Jack has now crossed out of the metropolitan area. He's gone into the City of London, which is just, you know, an invisible border, but he's actually crossed it. And he goes into a place called the Mitre Square, and Mitre Square is one of the only places that was left still intact, but unfortunately they are decimating it at the moment. They're knocking the place down, because most of this has now gone. Most of this area has now gone, unfortunately. Um, but he goes in, and, and he <coughs> there's a lady called Catherine Eddowes, and, and, and she's the only one that, that we know was not a prostitute. Uh, she'd, been, she'd been picking grapes, uh, sorry, grapes, hops, Sorry, in um, in Kent, and she'd she'd come home early from there because it, it wasn't that good. But she'd gone. Uh, excuse me, just take a drink. And she she'd gone out. She hadn't got any money, so she she'd gone out looking for some somebody to get some money from. And she must have got some money from somewhere because it, um, in the early hours of the morning or late late night, she was found drunk and incapable by a police officer and taken to Bishopsgate Police Station where she was locked up until she sobered up. 
Um, and the usual thing here, once she's sobered up, she's released by the, the sergeant, which the same applies today, really. Once they've sobered up, they're not disorderly, they're just incapable. You let them go. And she, she shouts, good night, old cock, to the, to the sergeant. And off she goes down the street. Um, and that was at 1 o'clock when she was released. Um, at 1.45, she's found murdered in, in, um, in Mitre Square. Wow. And, um, yeah. And so it's quite a walk from Bishopsgate to um, to Mitre Square. So she's found there. And, um, again, a police officer goes through there at, at, a, at a certain time. Fifteen minutes later, he walks back through that again, and she's there. This time he's been able to slake his lust a little bit that, that he has um, um, mutilated her quite uh, quite severely. Um, and so, again, no radios, obviously, so the police officer would be blowing his whistle and, and getting people to come and, and getting the, um, the ball in motion to set up another inquiry into another murder. And as they... But this is now in the city of London, so a different police force has got to look after this one. And it would appear that um, um, relations between city of London and the Met at that time weren't particularly great. So there was a lot of um, argy-bargy between the two of them, and um, so I don't think a lot of dots were connected between the two of them with with this murder. But just across the road from um, from Mitre Square, um, there's a, a doorway, and that doorway is still there. I think it's an Indian restaurant now. Um, but there's a doorway, and a police officer found in that doorway a piece of Catherine Edo's apron, bloodstained, and on the wall was written what is believed to be the Jewies are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. So you've got this writing on the wall. Um, now, when the police arrived, they're looking at this thinking, okay, Jewess, but it's spelled J-E-W-E-S, not as in Jews, as in J-W-S. So they're thinking, why, what, what's this about? But Charles Warren arrives, and he's the commissioner um, for, the, um, for the police, for the Metropolitan Police, and he orders it to be washed off. Now, this is crucial evidence. Oh. It's washed off. It's washed off because he says that he didn't want race riots. He didn't want the, the Jewish people being blamed for um, for these murders and, and stuff like that. So he, he ordered it to be washed off, um, which it was. Luckily, somebody took note of what was what was written. The wording, whenever you look at it, might be slightly different, but it's a very strange thing to put. Really, the Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. I mean, time working out, it, it takes some time to work out what the person is actually saying. Um, but they believe that's, that's to be connected, because obviously Catherine Eddowes' apron was, was underneath the, the actual writing. Um, so they, 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 that continues um, into um, that inquiry. And then the last one that we, we kind of put down to Jack and say, yes, he, he's... He, it, it was him. Um, there's a, a young girl called Mary Jane Kelly, and she was born in Limerick in Ireland in about 1863. So she's only a young girl, um, 25 years old. And she had a very small house 
really a back room with a with a, a separate entrance, what it more like a thirteen millers court in in Whitechapel, and um, that's where she lived. And but again, she made up stories whether they were true or not. We don't know about her life. She claimed to be Irish. She claimed to be Welsh. Um, she claimed to be married to a miner that was killed, a Welsh miner that was killed in a quarry accident. Um, She's known to drink, but not to excess. A lot of the, the, the women that we've mentioned before, they drank to excess, but she didn't seem to drink to excess. Um, and at 11 p.m. on the um, on the night of the 9th of um, November, she was drinking in the Britannia pub in Whitechapel. Um, roughly 45 minutes later, she was seen walking with a man. 1 a.m., she was heard singing in her room. Um, and then at 3 a.m., she went out outside. Now, there seems to be a different view on night and day in the Victorian times. Um, they didn't seem to have a night and day that we know about. You know, quite often people were wandering about at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning quite happily. There didn't seem to be that night and day thing that we have. And she bumped into a guy called George Hutchinson and asked for sixpence. Um, we're not too sure whether he actually gave her the sixpence, um, but <clears throat> anyway, and what George Hutchinson was doing outside her home at that time in the morning um, was not really that well pursued by the police. Um, anyway, she, she disappeared back into the house. Sometime during the night, somebody heard the word murder being shouted, but again, that's not unusual in Whitechapel at that time, and, and, and in 1888. And um, so, But at 10.45, the, the rent collector, and a guy called Thomas Bauer, um, knocked on the door, um, to obviously to collect the rent for the landlord, and um, no reply. There was a broken pane of glass in, in the window, and he, he kind of moved things to have a look, and he saw inside the, um, the room and to say Mary Kelly was um, mutilated would be an understatement. Um, anybody that, that would like to go on and put Mary Jane Kelly into the Internet and take a look at the pictures, um, you'd need a pretty strong stomach. Um, wow. They, they were, I mean, she was literally taken to bits. Um, wow. But policing being policing at that time... Um, we had no fingerprints that that hadn't come into operation yet. Certainly no DNA or anything like that. Um, so they even took photographs of Mary Kelly's eyes just in case there might be the imprint of the um, the killer still on the, in her eyes. That's how sort of um, behind the times we were at that time. <laughs> so and they, they apparently they, how the story goes that they brought some police dogs. It was the first time they were going to use police dogs, and they let the police dogs out, and they basically bit a policeman and ran off. So, so that <laughs> didn't work. Um, so the the actual um, murder of the scene was was quite quite horrendous. Um, so those are the the ones that we we kind of know about. There were several post that, and there were there were lots of other murders that went on. Uh, and some have been attributed to Jack, some haven't. There were torso murders and, and stuff like that that happened um, that um, the police looked at. And, and I think 
once once Mary Kelly was gone, I think that that kind of draws the line that we think that those were Jack the Rippers. He'd, he'd reach his zenith, I think, with that one because he could take as long as he wanted um, with her. Oh, because he was in the yeah. house. He was in a house. Right. So he could take as long as he wanted, and and believe me, he did. And um, there were other murders following that. Um, the you know, but we think that's probably the the the, the one that that reached his, is is the maximum. And where he went from there, we we don't know. Um, I mean, but the police were inundated at the time with with the letters, um, like the the famous ones are like the the dear boss letter, um, which which um, was written, and you know the from hell letter, which is a very famous letter. Um, saying that he took a, a piece of kidney which he fried and ate. It was very nice. Um, so they got inundated with letters. But there are sort of um, joint... Up with, with We had a, another guy that we called the Yorkshire Ripper uh, in the 80s here in Britain that murdered 13 women. Luckily, we caught him. Um, and um, they at that time, they got fixated with a, a video... Um, Recording, not something like a video, a, a tape recording of a voice, and it took in, took the police off in completely the wrong direction with the Yorkshire Ripper, and and these letters, we don't know how much credence were given by the police, but they were inundated with letters from all sorts of things, which would de- detract obviously from the um, from the investigation. But numerous people have come to um, come to become suspects. Excuse me, just take a quick slurp. Sure, sure. Uh, Tony, we have to, uh, we only got like a minute here today, but uh, this is, uh, (laughs) I'm just fascinated, first of all, by your ability to tell a story and describe, you know, I know just in the short time we've known each other, I I said before we started the show, I'm just amazed at the the aptitude you have for (laughs) all of the balls you've got in the air between, you know, uh, doing your World War I stuff, doing Jack the Ripper and you know, um, a myriad of other things. This is just captivating. So let's call this the first uh, in a series of Jack the Ripper, because okay. I know we could go on. I'd like to find out, um, you know, what what distinguished him. Was it was it the ferocity of the murders that distinguished him from yeah. other murderers? Yeah. 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 More of the ferocity than than anything else. But um, yeah. you know the, the the myriad of suspects is is really interesting, and, and there's all sorts of stuff that 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 um, we've not had time to touch on. But um, there's there's a lot more to it than just just my 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 inane babbling of the moment. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know it sounds to me that again this is what I'd like to explore in the next show is you know why the romanticizing was it because of the the as I said, the ferocity, the the violence, um, and also that we didn't catch him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, a lot of stuff with regard to films and stuff like that have brought him, you know, notoriety. Um, yep. Because we didn't catch him, so it I could be you. anybody. I get you. Well, again, fascinating, and uh, I love the uh, relationship that's building between us here. I just like uh-huh. to have. I think yeah. this is a great for, forum. All of this uh, radio stuff and internet stuff Absolutely. to form relationships that would never happen 
and yet um, have a level to them that are just uh, so deep and rich. And uh, so uh, I'm going to thank you so much, and let's plan it again. I, As you know, I, I got lucky on this poster. It really came out. The poster itself could be a book cover. Uh, but there was, you know, your, your, uh, the image that you used for yourself and also of you as the, uh, the police officer investigating. And I, and I want to talk to you more about that because we haven't talked about your, um, your work as a policeman and how, you know, it helped you in this whole thing. So, Yeah, anytime, anytime. Okay, great. You know Tony, thank you so much. And we'll Looks see you hopefully you. in a week or two. Absolutely. Let me know. All right. Say hi to Jane, take please. Care. All right. I will do. Thank Thanks, Tom. Take care. Right, bye-bye. bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.